My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best. May the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. And my name is James, and this is where we talk about all things Star Wars. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty great. Doing pretty great. Uh, I've been playing Jedi Survivor nonstop since Thursday night. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing pretty great. (laughs) I have not been playing Jedi Survivor since Thursday night. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Just about everyone on the podcast now that owns it has beaten it or gotten close to beating it. It knows like mm-hmm. everything. So, yeah, I've been on social media and I've been spoiled with a couple things. Oh man, here and really? There. But uh, it's not a big deal. I mean, to there's, me, I'm not the big gamer here. There's there's one spoiler that the credits revealed, and I'm like, wait, what? There's a certain character who's in there, and there's a certain voice actor i'm not gonna say who it is but it it shows up in the credits and i was like i did not see this person in 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 the game so i i'm I'm going around going to uh whatchamacallit uh try to you know 100 each map so maybe i'll run into this person because he's there he's obviously there but it's just like i i haven't seen him so it was really funny watching the credits being like what so is it like one of the usual suspects um, it's, I can't say it's a usual, but an unusual suspect. I mean, you would think this person would show up and you're like, there's no way he would. But then when he, when, yeah, he's there and it's like, okay, cool. I want to tell you, but I can't tell you because I, I want you to, I want you to play. And I want, I want Liam because Liam just said he hasn't, he hasn't finished it yet either. So I don't want to spoil it for him, yeah. but the game is amazing. The game is, is, is so great. Like it's insane how great this game is, and yeah. how much better—not better, but just far superior, I should say—to Fallen Order it is. Wow! And, um, and Fallen yeah, Order's game was yeah truly no beloved. Joke. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great game. Um, and so this one, I was just like, dude, this is this is pretty good. And then I beat it, and uh, it was it was really cool. And so now I'm just going back, trying to level up and get all my other little Easter eggs in the in the game. So nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, before we uh, talk about more news and stuff like that, uh, I definitely want to recognize all of our awesome love and support we get from our patrons. Yes, uh, Liam is one of our big time patrons here that Thanks, always Liam. shows us love. Uh, on the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Deb McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, Zach Netzel, and Mariana Atia Arnold. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris, and on the black tier, we have Maka Tautala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, Liam McCallion, and Texas Vader76. Thank you so much for the awesome love and support. It is May. It is Star Wars Month. It is no longer a Star Wars Day. It's no longer Star Wars Week. It's Star Wars Month. This is the May. This is and, the May. Is, is, yeah. has, okay, so has this always been a thing? This is the, like, I know not this is the may but like making it the whole month it feels like just recently we've been making it the whole month 
Recently, I think in the past few years, people have said people have dropped that list of things mm-hmm. for the month of May related to Star Wars. You have Star Wars Day. You have George Lucas's birthday. You have all the original trilogy and the prequels released in May. So all those anniversary dates happen. And of course, May 25th was always usually counted as Star Wars Day. Okay. And then, of course, the whole kind of May 4th thing kind of bled its way into the mainstream. And then Lucasfilm and Star Wars recognized it. And now they release like merch and they have deals with vendors and companies. And I think there was only one or two May 4ths that we got something, I think, really big of note that happened. I, I can't think off the top of my head. Do you remember what happened? I know it was Bad Batch, the Bad Batch premiere for... Mm-hmm. The first season was a really long episode. Of course, we got to see Caleb Doom. And um, I'm trying to think after that, what else was there? Because I know this year we're going to get Visions Season 2 premiering. That's going to be a big deal. And I know there's going to be a lot of merch that's going to drop online that you can purchase. And at Disney Parks, I believe. But other than that, I really can't think of anything. I know Free Comic Book Day has always coincided as well. But it's not a Star Wars thing. But of course, you can pick up a lot of Star Wars comics that are canon that have been released during uh, the Disney Star Wars time period. So, I mean, a lot of stuff happened this week. It's going to be jam-packed with stuff. Um, Usually May is the start of summer movie release season. So just about every week or every other week, there's going to be a big movie dropping. So I think May is one of the funner times I think in fandom. And of course, now that we have the news that 2025, we will get a star Wars film dropped. There's also speculation that in 2026, the Filoni project is going to drop. And with that speculation, there's more speculation that that movie is going to drop in May because it can't mm. December technically. Cause that's when avatar drops. Yep. And you don't want to have competing franchises under the same umbrella there. So and I think that's what Filoni maybe wants secretly, that yeah. he wants to drop a Star Wars film in the classic month of May. So Yeah, I could see him being sentimental saying, I want that that May coming coming this summer, you know, twenty twenty six, summer twenty twenty six, you know, yeah. just like the original yeah. poster said, coming to your galaxy this summer. Um yeah, I think uh, I think that's a smart move for for Disney to release his movie in May as opposed to it going head to head with Avatar because Avatar is making billions of dollars each time. So you don't want to you don't want to you know you know split that profit down the middle, which is what it would probably do. So yeah, summer release of his movie would be pretty great. Yeah, and I know Joe Letary, who worked on the special editions for Star Wars is one of the lead um, special effects supervisors on Avatar. And he's worked at Weta. And he worked on the Lord of the Rings. And that blew up with Weta. And um, he's a Star Wars guy that's out there. And uh, yeah, Avatar's part of the family. When I went to Disney World for May 4th in 2021, or 20, I don't I can't remember anymore, but... That was the one ride I did not go on was the Avatar experience mm. at Animal Kingdom. We pretty much did everything else at Galaxy's Edge and 
everywhere else, but that's the one thing I didn't experience. So maybe yep. I might go back here at some point and go visit Colin and hopefully do that. So yeah, Colin has been going to Disney World this whole week, it seems like. He's been posting on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, they post it like at 10 in the morning. They're at Oga's Cantina. And I'm like, they are <laughs> they are already drinking <laughs> like 10 in the morning. That's the only place yeah. in the world, not in the world, but you know, it's the only place acceptable to drink <laughs> early in the morning is at Oga's Cantina. And that cracks me up. And we have somebody from Galaxy's Edge here, Bright Suns. Hello, Bright Suns. Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, he's there all week. Him and Brooke are there right now, and I think he just rode Rise of the Resistance and Smuggler's Run as well. And if you see him at the parks, look for a guy with a shirt on the back. It says hashtag Max Rebo Lives. You can't miss it. Just saying, you can't miss it. And uh, David posted a really funny picture of the uh, post credit scene of Return of the Jedi. They aired in, uh, in they showed in theaters this week, which is Max Rebo will return. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, which is which is I gotta preface it with it's fake, guys. It's, it's not fake. real. It's very you, fake. Yeah. Don't stay till the end. <laughs> some people took it literally and were like, "Oh my gosh, that's that's a real thing." Isn't that? No, no. Max Rebo is our podcast mascot. So that's, like to, no, uh, just just be be honest. That's Colin's mascot. <laughs> like that, that's not the podcast mascot. That's Colin's thing. Speaking of Return of the Jedi, I saw Return of the Jedi in theaters on yeah. Sunday, and. Nice. It was great. It was pretty packed. It was uh, here in Orange, uh, a little bit south of me. And uh, pretty packed theater. Huge theater is one of their bigger ones they have there at this movie theater. And... Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And when the 20th Century Fox logo came up and the fanfare started, just the 20th yeah. Century Fox, people started clapping and cheering. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be really great. And then the Lucasfilm logo a long time ago in the galaxy, people were clapping. And then I was like, this is great. But the best part was when they showed the ghost of Anakin, which is now Hayden Christensen as of 2005, it's Hayden Christensen. When they showed the ghost of Hayden Christensen or Anakin, everybody started clapping and cheering. It was it was cool. It was a really cool feeling to be like, wow, look at that. This is isn't that something how when that initially was dropped, it was kind of hated. And now, yeah, everyone kind of loves hating Christensen that he's back. And the fandom now is that generation, the group of the prequels. And they love seeing that. And that's like one of the most cheered for things. And it's it's a crazy thing. It's crazy. Yeah. And it made me happy. Like it brought a big smile. And then when, when it said directed by Richard Marquand, everybody's I started clapping because everyone else was. And we cheered at the very end. Yeah. And as I'm leaving, I see kids, young kids dressed up as as Star Wars characters. And I was like, I was, it almost, you know, choked up. I got a little choked up, a little emotional. I was like, this is their first time seeing this movie in theaters. This may be the only time they were going to see this movie in theaters, unless in, mm. 50, in the 50th anniversary, they might do it again. But yeah. can you imagine that being a kid and going and being like you're into Star Wars and it's like, hey, let's go watch this one on the big screen. And then you get to see this one that you've been watching on your TV and I get to see it on a big screen. 
Um, it, it took me back to when the special editions came out in 97. That's I was that kid going to, and just like over the moon, like, oh, my gosh, Star Wars is in theaters. This is amazing. And it was cool. It was a really good experience. And um, and it made it was in the top five of uh, the box office this week, I believe. And which is pretty great. You know, <laughs> after all these years, it still makes a lot of money at the box office. So, yeah, it was it was nice. Yeah, I uh, I went to go see Return of the Jedi, the 40th anniversary showing at uh, one of my favorite theaters in San Antonio, the Palladium. And I was able to troop out there as well as my new Hope Tie pilot, along with uh, a couple of guys and uh, a couple of my closest friends in, uh, in my squad in San Antonio for the 501st. And um, there was a guy that walked up to us and he was like, hey, nice job, guys. And he had his son with him, and he goes, this is his first time watching Return of the Jedi. Oh, and we're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's incredible. It's incredible yeah, that wild. Kids, kids are still experience, like get to experience it for the first time, you know. And if y'all if y'all been listeners, you'll know that Return of the Jedi was my first Star Wars movie that I ever saw. Because my parents didn't know the order. They just saw Star Wars, and they rented the movie from Blockbuster. So that was my first Star Wars movie to watch was Return of the Jedi. So it has a little sentimental you know meaning to me and uh and it's still it's still fun it's still exciting it's still just as great you know it holds up after all these years and uh, yeah i really really enjoyed it yeah the theater i saw it in was avx which is the best audio video experience uh that's the advertisement so it was very very clean it was very clear it was very much almost like watching TV in public <laughs> like someone has said in the past um so it's it's a it's kind of a different experience because me going back to watch that movie hundreds and if not thousands of times I'm used to watching it on TV in very bad quality and to see certain things show up and aspects and aliens in the background and of course you can if you're my age, you can pick out all the all the add-ins for the special edition. The Doug walking around in yeah. Jabba's palace, um, stuff like that. But the sound too, all the I think Craig made mention of this on our Facebook group. You can hear a lot of like laser fire in the background when Luke takes off Vader's helmet, and that's Ooh. kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, it's it, the sound is one thing, and, and then just the clear picture of that film and then the movie flies by so fast it feels like now it's like wow it's two hours 11 minutes of return of the jedi and it just flies man i felt like i sat there i ate food and then i (laughs) left and it was like over and i was like wow that's that went by really fast yeah i'm amazed at how quickly return of the jedi and a new hope go by those those seem to go by pretty quick mm-hmm. i don't know what voodoo magic Irvin kirshner did with with uh empire but empire it takes its time and it's very i don't know i don't i don't get it i don't the structure of empire is very different from the yeah, from the others yeah. they're all three different which i love about i love about star wars um and yeah i agree this time i was watching it and then whenever it cuts to um the falcon and the rebel fleet about to go into hyper hyperspace toward indoor i was like oh mm-hmm. we're getting into it this is we're we're starting here it goes and the movie doesn't stop after that like as soon as 
they shoot off into hyperspace going toward in northern death star the movie does not stop and it's it's really cool it's a really it's a really well made movie and i seeing it on the big screen with no distractions you know usually now you have your phones and you can pause the movie which we've all done like a million times to just just to see it play out it, it felt different it felt very different to me this time and it felt like a really well crafted film and um it's not my favorite of the original trilogy but watching it this time around i i have a bigger respect for this movie and just shows you the power of cinema like my mind my brain changes but the movie just stays the same so yeah so yeah speaking of this new film that's going to drop in 2025 um it was announced essentially that it's going to be we think it's going to be the uh charmino Chinoy directed new jedi order film with daisy ridley in it and initially I thought, okay, well, Daisy Ridley is going to be like the lead. And then there's a report saying that she wasn't going to be the lead, that she was just going to be like a Ben Kenobi type figure in it, which, okay, makes sense. But it felt like an odd thing to me. I mean, it, it feels like you probably want to make Daisy more, more or less kind of the main character of the story. So that was a little surprising to me. But um, Damon Lindelof came out and started talking um, about the situation he was in for this movie for the New Jedi Order. And very, he made some very, very interesting comments. And he could have totally said the wrong things about his experience with Star Wars. And the stuff that we were pretty certain is fact is... Once Celebration 2022 ended in Anaheim last year, a writer's room was started, and Damon Lindelof, un unknowingly to all of us, was part of that writer's room and was kind of like, it felt like the leader, and he had his own writer, I believe it was Justin Britt Gibson, I think that was the name of the guy, um, come in and he was tasked to make a Star Wars film. So... He started the huge writer's room, wrote, was in Star Wars, totally going to make a new film. And at some point, uh, Charmino Bay-Chinoy, the director that's going to direct the new Jedi Order film that we think is going to drop in 2025, was hired on. But it seems like the story is Damon Lindelof wasn't aware of this, and it wasn't like he picked her to direct. And... He was actually asked after a while, after working on the Star Wars project, to leave the project. And we're not quite sure what the circumstances for that are. So essentially, Damon Lindelof got fired from a Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. And we find out that um, in the media recently, he said that his idea was to place this next Star Wars film 60 years into the future... And have Ray as the star or one of the stars, but be played by Helen Mirren. And she would have two Padawan learners under her. And I guess those two would be the stars of the movie. And we all know he had the comments that it's it, it, it was extremely hard and a tall task to kind of 
crack the code of of making a Star Wars film. And of course, you don't want to release a Star Wars film unless it's really, really great. And I agree with him. I I, I totally love the fact that he thinks that way. Um, and we all know, if you listen to the podcast, I've told the story many times about Damon Lindelof being a huge Star Wars fan. And of course, super close with JJ because he was one of the showrunners for Lost. A lot of people make that misconception that JJ was responsible for all of that series. No, it was Damon Lindelof. Um, and then, of course, he went on to do The Leftovers with HBO. Then he did Watchmen, which was a terrific series. And of course, he uh, helped Ridley Scott with Prometheus, which is a very polarizing film. He was, it was almost like, it was almost like Damon Lindelof was Ryan Johnson before Ryan Johnson <laughs> and the whole fandom sphere of thinking the movie was great or it was horrible. I mean, that whole thing. I've come around on Prometheus. I was expecting something totally different, but I wasn't as close to that franchise as I'm mm. close to Star Wars. So it didn't affect me in the same way uh, that The Last Jedi did. But he's totally saying now that, uh, yeah, he was asked to leave, but he's totally game to come back to Star Wars if he's ever invited back, which is also another interesting thing. It's like you get fired, but you say you you, you would love to come back. Um, James, what do you think happened behind the scenes? What what circumstances do you it think almost, transpired? Yeah, it almost feels like maybe the word fired, I know, is kind of sounds like a bad term. I think it was we're not going to do this script, but maybe down the road, we'll do another one. I think, you know, I mean like keeping it, which is why he's not talking trash about Lucasfilm. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I would love to do it again. Cause I'm pretty sure they didn't tell him go and never come back. I think it was like, Hey guys, just, uh, you know, not, not this time around. And I think it all goes to, it wasn't what they were looking for. It wasn't what Lucasfilm was really looking for, for this story. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them at, and the, the, the higher ups, you know, Kathleen Kennedy and a few others were like, you know, we, we, it's not like Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford, where we didn't, they didn't use them for all these years and they bring them back. It was like, we still have Daisy Ridley. Like we, she is still amazing and she can, and she's game to come back whenever it's like, why not just use, have her come back as as ray again why do we have to go all the way to the future to do this um and you know that that story of ray being an older an older woman played by and i believe the article said like a helen mirren was like the kind of idea they didn't specify like it was going to be her but it was like this is pretty much who we really want is helen mirren to play this part um to have ray as that character would have been really really cool but i think it also would have been a missed opportunity and I think Lucasfilm is kind of just like, ah, okay, well, let's not let's not waste this talent that we have, which is Daisy Ridley. Let's bring her back. The fans like her. And, you know, I, I think that was I think that was a lot of the discussion there with them. And uh it's unfortunate because Damon Lindelof is an amazing writer. And I I personally loved Prometheus the moment I watched it. Like the moment it was over, I was like, that was amazing. Um, he's a great writer, and I really hope he comes back again. But I, I just think he didn't deliver what they were hoping for 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 this new Star Wars movie. I mean, yeah, it definitely would have been a huge risk um, because it would be all new characters that 
and all new actors essentially even even the part of ray um it feels like they still at lucasfilm have that mindset of we want to be safe we want to be as safe as possible mm-hmm. they didn't want to take that risk and of course you announced at celebration that daisy ridley is coming back you're gonna get all the ray fans to show up and i know there's a lot of ray fans um i liked ray um i thought her character was was a good character um but it's going to be interesting to see though in 2025 if this movie does make a billion dollars because all of kathleen kennedy's aside from solo which got released super close to the last jedi and in the heart of summer movie season when another all-time movie was released in event avengers endgame or avengers infinity war Mm -hmm. um wasn't the best thing to do but i want to see if this is going to make a billion dollars it's going to be very interesting um you have all the reports that john boyega now is going to come back i don't think that's a surefire thing it makes sense it's logical for him to show back up and i'm going to steal your term it's a slam dunk like if if you say Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are going to be in a new movie about the new Jedi order and Finn is her, is her apprentice. That's, that's good. That's a billion dollars right there. Cause everybody wants to see that, that arc that we were, that was teased throughout. And then of course really teased in the rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah. I, 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 I just feel like if, if Finn doesn't come back, that's, that's really bad on, on, on Lucasfilm's part because, that's a, for yeah, like I said, that's a billion dollars right there. Yeah, I I really wonder what happened behind the scenes because from all accounts, it seems like Damon Lindelof, and I think there are reports out there that he did not once he met with the future director of this new Jedi Order film. That he, they really didn't see eye to eye, and that's why he was released. And it seemed like she was, she was the hire that they really wanted to do this film. Uh, and Damon, for all of his merits and credits and experience, it's kind of surprising that he wasn't the one they asked to stay. But mm. it seemed like. Charmino uh, Bates Noy's vision was more in line with what Lucasfilm wanted. If it was Kathleen Kennedy or the executives or the board or the main shareholders or whatever wanted what they announced at Celebration, because there were so many more rumors about other people doing films. Mm-hmm. And the comments I think that Kathleen Kennedy made after that Lucasfilm showcase panel were a little bizarre in a way, uh, especially in reference to Kevin Feige's film. Um, and, and it's funny because you have to, which is, which is very ironic and a cliche, but it's, I can see her comments about Kevin Feige and his film from a certain point of view and see what she's saying. And it makes sense. Um, because I mean, once you do a big presentation like that and you're having to deal with media, um, it, it's real hectic. Uh, she basically told, I think it was comicbook.com's interviewer 
that the Kevin Feige thing was all fan created. It wasn't really fan created. She announced it at the Investor Day call. So it was a thing. I think she was just thinking kind of ahead and was answering a different question because, of course, she knows that Kevin Feige was announced to make a film. She just said he didn't have an idea. And I think she meant that the ideas for Kevin Feige's film was kind of something that lived in fandom, uh, um, which I don't think was really kind of mainstream because I never heard any any no. fans talk about the Feige idea or anything like that. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where she kind of misanswered the question in a way, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all know that Feige was supposed to do a movie and of course, we talked about on the podcast that Feige is spinning so many plates. He mm. he's hit a lull finally in the MCU, where the films aren't just straight up beloved by everyone and universally loved. Um, I think this new Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three film is going to be universally loved, and I think after that, um, I don't know what else is coming out. I think um, the Marvels are going to be coming out. Secret Invasion is going to hit Disney Plus. I oh, that's think, right. At yeah, some point. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah, in the Marvels, it has, and I think it's that bad part of fandom that downvoted it the most out of any trailer in the history of YouTube or something. Which doesn't. It doesn't make any sense, right? It looked I, pretty. It was a pretty good trailer. It looks okay. I'm one of the the weird ones here. Apparently, I loved Captain Marvel. I thought Captain Marvel was a really really fun movie, and I liked the show Miss Marvel which I thought was a fun show. And yeah. it's like, oh, this is cool that he see. I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this is exciting. And then I see all the reviews and I'm like, what is that? It's like people just do it just just to do it. Like people are just hating yeah. on Brie Larson just because. But anyway, yeah, Kevin Feige, I, I think, got got way too busy, like insanely too yeah. busy. Yeah. And Liam um, agrees. Yeah, I'm not sure if I can start. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like we said before, the reports came out that he had to stop blade from going into production because he finally read the script and then he was like oh this is horrible and it was like what were you doing for the past you know what like he, that's the thing he was so busy with all these other yeah. projects it's like he he finally was like okay let me take my time and read this script and then he had to like halt production and be like we need to rewrite this whole movie yeah. and um who knows you know um who knows what really, really transpired with that? But yeah, no. Let I, I love Feige. I think he's amazing. He's an amazing producer. Um, and it's just I, I think he should just keep at Marvel and just kill it there and just have fun and just make amazing content again. But um, I don't know. It's uh, it's just a really, really weird, 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 weird things that happen with Star Wars projects when they're announced and then they just kind of fizzle and and die away you know yeah yeah so the other kind of bizarre thing that came out of the post interview from lucasfilm showcase was the fact that kathleen kennedy said that we're going to leave taika alone to do a star wars movie and not interfere so it's like are you interfering with other projects then is that what you is that what you're doing <laughs> and it's like well, how does he get that privilege yeah how and did... talent like lord and miller does it <laughs> Yeah, how how does he get to just or or maybe it's that thing where she's like, okay, I'm gonna hire these people and we're just gonna see what they do, you know? Like I'm not gonna interfere with them now. 
um because maybe she got criticized too much for interfering with with other projects that were happening especially the lord miller you know solo movie that came that almost came out but they had to reshoot almost all of it and then rogue one I, I, I don't know it was a really weird weird way she said that and plus taika taika's last movie where he was kind of left alone we all know how that turned out so it's like man, like i don't understand that doesn't if anything you'd want to have somebody there to like all right let's it's star wars let's just keep it keep it cool man we'll have see your fun but then just also remember it's star wars and there has to be something yeah well see i think with taika though with his star wars film i think you don't put any like restraint or reins on him you just let him do whatever he's gonna do make it weird or whatever because it's outside of the skywalker side yeah so it can be like weird and fun and be like it's in not make it like an episodic film which that hasn't been totally cleared up yet i don't think anyone's been asked that question officially that from any interviews i've seen because this new jedi order film it feels like it could be episode 10 yeah so we don't know about that but see the taika thing and the ryan johnson trilogy they could be weird and wacky and i wouldn't mind as long as they're like good films that's the key though yeah taika's movie needs to be good like yeah. let him do his own thing. I don't want to get a, a love and thunder again. You know, <laughs> that's my biggest fear with him is we're going to watch it. We're just going to be like, dude, did you really just use this as just a way just to have fun and just to tell jokes that are not even funny and the plot doesn't make any sense. And then the movie's over and you're just kind of like, wow, that was a wasted opportunity. So that's what I, that's what I mean by right, having right. someone there to be like, okay, dude, just keep it cool. Do your jokes, have it be weird, have it be funny, but also you got to, Bring it, you got to bring it home like he's done all these other times, all these other movies he's ever made. Where the third act, yeah. you're always just like, dude, man, like that was great. And he has a movie coming out this year, a soccer, a football movie, I should say. With Michael Fassbender, movie. right? Yeah. He's been I, away for a while. I know, right? Like, come on, man. Uh, and that movie looks great. I mean, that movie looks entertaining. It looks, you know, like a Taika Watiti movie before Love and Thunder, you know? So I'm like, joint. man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you see the trailer for the movie though? It I haven't said, seen it. I just saw one still. It said um in the during the trailer it says from the loser who wrote Jojo Rabbit. And I was like, that's okay. And I'm watching the trailer and I'm like, okay, Tyga, like, come on, redeem yourself, please, man. Don't don't end on a bad note. So So okay, so how many times has Tyga struck out on a project? Okay. I can only think of once with Love and Thunder, right? That's Everything it. else has been really good. I haven't seen I haven't seen his earlier. The earliest movie I've seen from him is The Hunt for the Wilder People. That's right. what was Which, Samuel. It's a great movie. Right, right. People regard that as a really yeah. good movie. And then um and then he did of course Love and Thunder. He did uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which regarded is a as movie. a cult favorite. Yeah. yeah. And then Jojo Rabbit, which won him the Oscar for best Right. Regarded movie. universally regarded. Thor Ragnarok, which was people universally said, regarded. Yeah. Exactly. So he's what had one strike, but it was a bad strike. It was a horrible, <laughs> horrible. It wasn't like it, it. The reason, okay, I know we're getting off on this this subject, but it, the reason I think it hurt so much was because it was so bad. Because there wasn't any moment in there that I was like, like when it ended, it wasn't like, oh, that was okay. No, it was just bad. Like you know what I mean? Like I think that's what hurt the most about that. And then even his show, Black, uh, uh our, our flag means death. I almost said black mm -hmm. sales. That's another thing. But our flag means death. That was a great show. Okay, and that was 
very entertaining show and i don't know but so the rumor is yes he's going to not the rumor it's just yeah he will be left alone and that he wants to film this movie next year he wants to start production on this movie next year i don't understand how that's possible because he has so many projects like did he, did he just right. push everything aside and say, okay, I got to focus on Star Wars now. Right, because he has the Kira movie, he has the Incal movie, mm-hmm. and he probably has some other stuff that we're not even aware of. Probably more TV shows. I think a TV show for Apple. Mm. Oh wow, as well. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's got a lot of plates spinning as well. It's almost like he is kind of like a like a Feige in a way. Just so many things that he has to attend to and that have to get made. So, I don't know. We will see. And um, there's a report that, uh, this is from Bestman Bulletin. Um, There's an article that says, uh, the next Star Wars film to be released with reports that the production intends to start shooting in February and release in December 2025. That was a previous report. Mm -hmm. It's also been reported that Lucasfilm are also hoping to release the Dave Filoni-directed Mandoverse crossover event film in December of 2026, which doesn't make sense, because that's that's an Avatar year, right? Avatar year, yeah. So, it's like, have they come to, like, maybe a compromise there? That's a big thing. No one's bringing that up, it seems like. Um, So, yeah, this... So, last year was an Avatar year, 2022. So, 2024... In 2026, yeah, that's an Avatar year. Yeah, unless unless they've changed up the uh, the release years. Yeah, unless Avatar's unless he's got to get a 2027 release, and then he's yeah. got to do them all back to back. After I don't know, I don't know. It just it's interesting that they're gonna try to release at the same time as Avatar. Yeah, yeah. So there's also another report. I believe someone at the top of Lucasfilm also said that the Mandoverse film is going to be seven years away. And seven years away is quite a bit further than 2026. Mm -hmm. So there's still kind of a lot of confusion right now. And nothing official has been dropped with that. So, But we do know that there's a 2025 film that has to go. And then there's that report that there's a mandate from Bob Iger to Kathleen Kennedy that a Star Wars film needs to drop in 2025. Um, And there's stories out there saying that Bob Iger does realize that they rushed through to get the sequel trilogy made and, and, and done because the purchase was done for Lucasfilm in 2012. And then they announced right away that 2015 would be the release of the first Star Wars film, which is a quick turnaround. And they hired a writer in Michael Arndt that Great takes years and years to create something. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I, I think that's one of the start of, of many of the Kathleen Kennedy hires that didn't pan out because... She hired this guy knowing that he takes years, but was hoping that he would move a lot faster. He didn't. He got released, and then the writers became JJ and and Kasdan, mm-hmm. which I th- I think that we would all kind of prefer that you have those guys writing it as opposed to someone from the outside that is. I believe he's an Academy Award winning writer, right? For Little Miss Sunshine. 
and then he wrote the script for Toy Story 3. Ah, okay. That's no yeah. joke. That movie's no joke, okay? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. this guy this guy knew what he was doing. And so yeah. it's, just, it's just a shame that circumstances happen that way. And I, I remember hearing somewhere, I'm not going to say from who, but um, the, the, the parks, the Disney parks was also like a big, big factor into getting these movies out because they had already invested all this money into building Galaxy's Edge. And it was like, okay, so we're building these parks. We're building, we need these movies to come out to get people into the parks and get people in here and buying all this stuff and everything like that. So a lot of, yeah, a lot of stuff happened all at once. And it, and it was rushed. And I'm, I know you and I talk about sometimes um, Toy Story 3 is better than any sequel trilogy movie. <laughs> um, but um, what you want to call it? Yeah, you know, you and I one time said we were like, it's over. Like, we did it. We saw seven, eight, and nine. All three of those movies came out, and it's over now. And and it felt like it just flew. It flew by so quickly. And um, <laughs> I I heard a report from him though, Michael Arndt, where he said he was watching Last Jedi, and the beginning of the movie he said it was almost the beginning of his movie, and he was like, he was really like, oh, okay, so. Like Luke was supposed to be introduced at the beginning as a hermit already at the beginning of of his episode seven movie. And I was like, oh, that would have been a fairly interesting. And if you look at all the concept art, that's what they were going for for Luke for episode seven was he was supposed to be like that. And I don't know. I don't know. Things things transpired the way they did. But I I, I, I just hope they don't rush whatever these movies are. If If this. 2025 movie ends up being episode 10 i hope it's not i hope they plan out 11 and 12 but that that announcement will be huge if they ever do announce it if they say flat out this is star wars episode 10 but we do know the crawls will be coming back the crawls in front of are they gonna have the big star wars logo come out they have to it's it's star wars (laughs) they have to have it yeah, but look at Rogue One. It has nothing. Look at Solo. It doesn't have that either. And it's like, it should be there. Yeah, all they had to do was was throw Star Wars and it just says, instead of saying episode whatever, it just says Rogue One. And then and then and then it goes. And then and then it just it just starts going, you know. That's what they should have done. But I'm glad they're bringing it back though. And you look at all the video games and even comics too, they'll have a crawl. Mm-hmm. And it's like we were all expecting that. I'm just glad they started with a long time ago in Galaxy Far, Far Away. At least they got that in there. Yeah. That was yeah, that, was, that was a nice little moment to be like, okay, cool. You know, like we say all the time, if we're running Lucasfilm, if I was running Lucasfilm, I would have thrown in the 20th Century Fox in there too, even though it doesn't even exist. <laughs> just Because seeing that in front of Return of the Jedi this weekend, it's like, oh, man, we're never going to see this again. Like, it, it, Unless it, we get hired. Yeah, unless we get hired, which I could probably I'll, I'll work something out. But no, it was like when you hear that when you hear that fanfare and you see the and you see the Lucasfilm logo, it does it it, it just gives gets you excited because you know it like oh this is it man we're about to watch Star Wars, and that was one yeah. of the things I I I was really um, taken aback with with uh, Force Awakens was how it just the logo just popped up and I was like oh okay here we go we're we're getting into it and then bam. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, are you ready to talk about some uh, some Mandalorian stuff? I would love to talk about some Mandalorian stuff. 
So uh, this awesome shot right here. Oh my gosh! It's such so a great cool. now iconic shot. I think it's gonna grow. Yeah. While time passes, yeah, yeah. And then so. and then Bo Katan has just become a, another iconic character in Star Wars. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like a, a, just up there with Leia, up there with with um. That's what I said last podcast, James. Exactly, and it's just the more I know, I know what, what I'm saying is the. Looking on TikTok now, looking at all the merchandise coming out, looking at all the, the art that's coming out, it's like, man, Bo-Katan is, is super important in Star Wars now. And it, it's amazing. Right. And like this shot right here is is, is going to become, like you said, it's going to become iconic. Like it's, it's, it's beautiful. So I found out this weekend that at the uh, San Antonio Car Show and Comic Con, Katie Sackhoff will be here one day on Sunday. And hopefully, that helmet that you see behind me, if mm-hmm. I can point to the right spot right there. Right there. Oh, nice. Good job. I'm going to get that bad boy signed <laughs> by Katie Sackhoff in San Antonio in my backyard. So if anyone's in the area, go to the. Uh, car show comic-con this year you'll see her brie larson will be there uh kid harrington will be there and Haley steinfeld will be there as well and i know brie's a huge star wars fan she visited galaxy's edge i think yeah, she's a huge the first few days i, I think and, she was uh, there that opening that opening ceremony mm-hmm. uh, they had there uh, yeah with the when harrison ford was there and george lucas yeah she was there yeah, yeah she's been trying i you know, she posted a picture of herself <laughs> I love Boca Tampa. Let's not compare her to Leia. Ah, fair enough. But, um, but I think she's up there, though. I think she's, she's... towards the top. I, I think that with more stuff, I think whatever role she has in the Mandoverse film, because you know she's going to be there. Um, we might have all those Mandalorians in reserve just waiting for that film. I think she could have a pretty huge role. Yeah, she's... It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see that character live action and Ah uh, man, well, when is the uh, the 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 show in San Antonio? It is going to be uh, the weekend after July fourth, I believe. It's mm. like seven, eight, nine, something like that. Maybe I can make a trip to Texas. I got Ooh. a place to stay. You know, my, my yeah, you my could stay in my house, James. <laughs> <laughs> so I think my dad lives a little bit closer to San Antonio than you live to San Antonio. Yeah, but wouldn't you want to like spend time with me too? I mean. <laughs> come over and we could hang out talk about star wars stuff we could uh play with my action figures there you go you know th- that the put some helmets on yeah <laughs> do a whole podcast with our helmets with that with your helmets on no i'm not, i think i'm gonna look into this because because one it gives me an excuse to go back to texas but two it gives me an excuse to see see you and to see you know to see me the whole the whole yeah. reason is to see Katie Sackhoff and Haley Steinfeld, but we're not going to talk about that. But uh, and and David, but, uh, and David, I don't know, Katie Sackhoff, David, yeah. um, David. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go there see. Uh, Katie's like off Katie's the screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but that's really cool. So the numbers came in for for the Mandalorian season three finale, and I was actually pretty shocked with the numbers because I didn't think it was going to, I didn't think it was going to do that well. Cause I, there was a lot of bad, um, a lot of, a lot of people were saying a lot of bad stuff about this season three, but 
Apparently, the reports say this season three finale was better than season two. The season two finale, it had higher numbers than that one, which but is they weird. Did, which like, is really do we str- trust this? Apparently, I mean, the numbers are there. The numbers show that this was this was more watched than the season two finale of Mandalorian. I th- I think it was because season the way this the previous episode ended on such a huge cliffhanger. Like it was like, oh, we got I had to see what happens next. And um, and there's a lot of theories about what was going to happen. So and the plus the, the, the previous episode was called the spies. So we're like, OK, so are they going to reveal who the spy is and everything? So I think there was a lot of intrigue going into this final episode, which did bring up those numbers pretty high. Yeah. But they did not beat Book of Boba Fett or Obi-Wan Kenobi. Both of those had higher finales than I think Book of Boba Fett is was higher than uh, Obi Wan Kenobi's uh, final yeah. numbers, which eh, you know take it or leave it. But they, again, they said the highest uh, finale was Loki, so no one's beat Loki yet. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Bestman Bulletin does have an article that I wanted to read a little bit of. Um, so it states that according to Samba TV. The finale of the third season of The Mandalorian racked up higher viewership than that of the second season finale. Samba is reporting that 1.4 million unique viewers tuned in to the third season's finale over the course of five days, whereas 11 unique million turned into the season two finale. Uh, This news is quite surprising given that the opening episode of The Mando's third season had less unique viewers than that of season two's premiere episode and that the season three finale didn't have any internet breaking moments such as a young Luke Skywalker turning up to save our heroes along with a touching goodbye between Din Djarin and the phenomenon that is Grogu. However, the season three finale is still slightly lower than the numbers of the Book of Boba Fett finale, which brought in 1.5 million unique viewers and that of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which brought in 1.8 million unique viewers, both according to Samba TV Though the most streamed Disney Plus season finale is held by Loki season one with 1.9 million unique viewers. So there you go. <laughs> Late, to the party says, Late to the party has said something really funny. Um, we have multiple extended family members that dropped off during Book of Boba Fett. Sounds like they're fluffing the numbers. I mean, maybe, but I mean, maybe Disney wants them to get make those numbers, but I, I don't know. I know Book of Boba Fett was highly anticipated and it didn't deliver what we thought we were going to get. So I can understand why people kind of dropped off. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I think the last half of Mandalorian, I mean, like, it, like second episode was really great, a little slowed down, but like the last half of Mandalorian season three was amazing. So, um, yeah, I can, I, I can kind of see those numbers going up there and plus it's Grogu I mean everybody's going to want to see Grogu again so he's going to make a lot of money and the poster for whatever Filoni's movie is going to be is just going to be Grogu on the front and that's all anyone's going to need to see to to go see Mm. this movie Grogu like battle hardened Grogu Mm -hmm. (laughs) Grogu in like some type of battlefield with like Stains on his on his little shirt or his shirt torn torn open, revealing the chainmail and his his hand like this, and you oh, see Mando behind him <laughs> with a gun. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. That is that is a good poster. I I totally think they pulled off 
the action with Grogu with the Praetorian guards mm-hmm. fighting along with with Din and then going up against Moff Gideon. It 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 worked. I know George Lucas always had that fear with Yoda in Attack of the Clones looking like a frog jumping around, but it worked, man. For somehow, some way it works. When you I think when you say it out loud and when you see it on paper, it, you could get the feeling that this might come off kind of cartoony or cheesy, but hey, it, for me it worked. So I mean, and, and you and I talked about this last couple of weeks ago. When Grogu gets older, are we gonna get a digital Grogu now? Is he gonna become a completely CG person? Because he's gonna start mm-hmm. the, the the story that we're all seeing in our head is that he's going to start getting into some action. He's gonna start learning how to fight. He's gonna learn how to become a Mandalorian, fight like Din, or sorry, not like Din, but like Jaren, because Din apparently is his last name. I don't know. I don't know. But he's gonna start fighting like Jaren. So how are they going to do that with a puppet? I, I honestly think we're going to be getting a digital a digital Grogu for the action sequences. I think they're going to try to find a way to blend it. Or they're just going to do what George Lucas did and say, no, he's going to be completely CG. So, And it is really surprising to me that no one really complains about the fact that we do get a digital Grogu sometimes. And then mm-hmm. we get the puppet. And you can very clearly see when he's digital, when he's not. Yeah. The very first scene when we saw him. He was totally digital in that pram when he pulls the cover down. He looks different than the puppet. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that to find out what the general public and what the hardcore fans kind of complain about and moan about. So <laughs> I remember everybody complained that Yoda was a was digital when when Attack of the Clones was coming out, but then when they saw the fight. It made like, sense. There's only one way to do it at that There's... point in time in 2001 when they actually yeah. created that. But yeah, late to the party says nobody in our family has even started Mando season three yet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a film. It's not really advertised that heavily, other than like on ABC and ESPN and stuff like that. Um, they had a lot of billboards up in LA. Yeah, yeah, a that's lot true. of huge huge Mandalorian billboards everywhere yeah. and it was pretty uh it was pretty cool. Well speaking of billboards, I know this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but in Culver City on uh I think what I forget which I think it's Jefferson or somewhere. There uh there's a street over there where they have a countdown to Oppenheimer. And oh it's, wow and it's a oh huge, and it's like that atomic clock and it's an atomic clock counting down to when Oppenheimer <laughs> comes out. And uh it's it's pretty sweet. I I, wow. I, I was I was in traffic and I looked and I was I was like, what is counting down? And when I got closer, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So yeah. So anyways, mm. sorry. <laughs> but no, they 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 had a lot. I saw a, like maybe like five or six billboards in LA um of Mandalorian. And then that's not even mentioning in Santa Monica or anywhere like that. But yeah, they 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 wanted this to be big and it, and apparently it was. Apparently they did a good job and Grogu and Din are going to be chilling for the next year or year and a half and then we're going to see them in a movie. So yeah. That's really exciting. Which I think leads us to our next little story here. So Pedro Pascal has signed on to do the second season of The Last of Us. So we might not see Pedro Pascal's face in the next season either. <laughs> I think, but I, I, I am 
after everything he went through, which now that I'm thinking about it is like Favreau and Filoni, like, okay, he can't take his helmet off again because he has, you know what I mean? Because he just got baptized. Well, I don't even think waters. they had the option, though. I don't think he was ever like on set, really. I know, but but now, but now it's like, okay, we, we have this huge plot point that he has to be baptized in the waters of Mandalore and he has to do this. It's It was a hassle. Now that he's done it, he's never got to take his helmet off now. He's just got to you know, around people. So I think, right. They, he's, they, yeah, he's like grandfathered in into the new way where you can, if you want, take your helmet off and it's yes. okay, but he's kind of part of the established old guard. So yep. yeah, that there's reasoning for him to just keep the helmet on, which is great for Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder. Yes. So it looks like they'll have a they lot have of work jobs for, for, for a good while too. <laughs> And and it's amazing, like how I, I love that they gave them credit on the main during the main credits. And yeah, I think it's like was, they kind of have to because yeah. those guys are really playing the kind of main character that started the show. Yeah, and you know, just yeah. like with David Prowse, whenever it said David Prowse is Darth Vader, like it was like, oh, that's that's him. And then it said James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. <laughs> Uh, dude is going to be getting fat checks just talking to him from a holding a fellow. That's a hell. That is a hell of a gig. I don't even want to know how much he's getting paid for just doing voice acting. I saw a report that Pedro Pascal in an interview said that for years and years that he never owned a bed. He slept on like mattresses and couches for years acting, and now it's all paid off. Oh, he, he's the. I think he's the biggest star in the world now. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I mean, who's bigger than Pedro Pascal? Every TikTok I see, every social media post and reference to him, you look at all the comments and everyone's just in love with him. And they're like, they want more of him. And I just saw a video right before we started the podcast of uh, a Met Gala video. And it was was people camped out in front of his hotel he was staying at in New York. And out walks Bradley Cooper. And they're like, oh, yeah, Bradley Cooper. Then Pedro Pascal walks out right behind him. Oh, my God. It's like, that was just Bradley Cooper right there. <laughs> it just shows you how quickly Hollywood changes. Because a few years yeah. ago, Bradley Cooper would have been a hot ticket, you know. But now, yeah, yeah. Jeez, man. It's All like, that's things... Rocket Raccoon. Show some respect. <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 and Pedro Pascal's been around for a while. Like, He's been acting yeah. in a lot of stuff. But yeah. then once Game of Thrones hit, once he did that character, then it was kind of like, oh, this guy's cool. And then he just started getting gay. And then once he was the Mandalorian, I really think Game of Thrones Mandalorian really put him on the map. And then yeah. now he's, yeah, now he's everywhere. And it's amazing. I remember I saw I saw a billboard and then other people pointed out. I saw I saw it down uh, downtown L.A. where it was The Last of Us. And then on the other side of the street was The Mandalorian. I was like, that's both of his shows. Like, that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> Petro deserves everything. We were just talking about how he stole the thunder away from David Harbor. Harbor was a yeah, that's right. David Harbor was 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 uh was killing it there for about a year, and then now now it's all Pedro Pascal. So we'll see who takes over after Pedro. Now someone's probably gonna rise up and take that take that away. Yeah, that is that is kind of interesting. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, Harbor was Stranger Things, and then he got the job with. The Black Widow film, and then he's going to be back with the Thunderbolts. Um, 
but he did marry Lily Allen, so. <laughs> but um, but I'm really glad they're giving the the performers of Mandalorian um, their own title card during the credits because before yeah. they were like deep in the credits and it was like that's kind of sucks but now they both get it and I was like that's yeah. good for them and um, didn't didn't Katie Sackhoff say like they were they thought about filming a um, a love like not a love scene but like an in, like a a moment. She joked about it, yeah. And, and Wayne was they, like, they, they talked about know. a potential like moment between the two of them, and now there's like fan art, art, I guess, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it's 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 more like fan Photoshop of taking Katie and Din and putting them close together, closer together than they were in the show. They're holding Grogu the whole time. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. We sure. haven't had a romance in Star Wars in a while, it seems like. And like a like a proper one. Like yeah. a Han and Leia, I know we had like the kiss between Rose and Finn, but mm-hmm. that wasn't. And then yeah, Ray and Kylo Ren, Ray and Ben Solo. Yeah, but I mean that was just like one second, and then he was gone. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to shout out uh, late to the party here. Um, their reactions are phenomenal. They're like titans in that space. So nice. they have a uh, tons and tons of subscribers and viewers, but of course. They can always get more. So, yeah, if you're looking for re- awesome reactions, uh, Robert and Vanessa do a great job. And I'm always commenting on their stuff. And um, they're, like, really my go-to for whenever anything big pop culturally happens, I go to their YouTube. And it pops up in my feed automatically, so I really don't have to search them out because I'm mm-hmm. subscribed to them. But they do an awesome job. And, um, yeah. Um, was there any more Jedi Survivor talk that you wanted to do? Um, I mean, I don't want to get into spoilers yeah. or anything. Um, but it's it's a great game. It's a it's a tremendous story, and um, they brought in aspects that I was like, all right, that that's cool. I mean, I and the trailers they did a great job promoting it because the trailers don't do don't show anything, and um, and you guys are a most oh, thank you so much. Late to the party, just gave us a really really nice little compliment. I appreciate that. Um, appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think they're just being nice. Yeah, they're just being really nice. I appreciate that. Yeah, but, Robert has actually hosted uh, the podcast a couple times with us. He's been gracious enough to join. Um, but yeah, like I said, those guys are great. So, um, but uh, but yeah, with Jedi Fallen Order, they they promoted it very well because you really don't even know the story, and you just start the game, and then later a couple of I'm gonna say a couple of hours in, you finally go, "Oh, this is the plot of the," and then and then it's like, "Oh, this is really cool," and then it, it's really, um, it's really really great. It's a really great game, and uh, I heard people who finished it within a few days. And I, I think it's impossible to finish it in one day because uh, there's so much in that game. It's a, it's a lot of lot of stuff happening. Side quests and, and Easter eggs, yeah, so, yeah, Easter eggs, and even just the main plot itself is really huge. And um, that's right. Yeah, Pe- uh, Pedro Pascal was in Narcos. That's where my my dad told me about him. He was like that one guy from Star Wars. He's in the. My dad loves Narcos. So um, so yeah, Pedro was in Narcos. Um, but yeah, David, hurry up and play Bro. the. Uh, hurry up and play the game, <laughs> and we can talk about it. And I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, Let me tell you the truth. I'm probably not gonna get to finish it. By the time you guys break it down. So, of course, we do podcasts on Wednesday. And I think Colin and Josh are going to do a podcast tomorrow. 
where they'll probably break it all down for everyone, probably do a non-spoiler, then a spoiler section of that podcast and talk about everything they know, everything they experience. So I think look forward uh, to that. If you want to know everything that they've done and they, on the podcast, I think everyone has bought every um, type of version of the game. Josh has the version that came with the lightsaber and I think Colin bought the deluxe. So they'll be able to speak to all that stuff. Um, I bought the game on my own. Um, I think Thursday and I downloaded it, but I still haven't p- played it yet. I just haven't yeah. had the time to actually yeah, I, um, get into it. I had a, uh, I had a concert uh, that night. I got to play the piano for this, uh, this showcase uh, in Fullerton. And while we were all there waiting for the concert on Thursday night, a few of us, one of my friends was like, man, I just want to get home and play Jedi survivor when I get home. And I was like, well, really you too. He's like, yeah. And I found out he was a big star Wars fan. And someone else was like, I heard the, I heard the S word. Who's talking about Jedi survivors. So and there was like five of us who were, <laughs> who were just like jazz. And we were just waiting for this. Con- I mean, we performed, we did our best, you know, what can I say? You know, but then afterward we, all, everybody was like, all right, bye. And we all just ran home because I said, it's waiting on my PS five. I pre-downloaded it. And sure enough, when I got home, it said ready to play and I hit it and it just popped up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Nice. And I did that all day Friday, literally all day Saturday, Sunday. And then yesterday I finished it in the morning. And uh, yeah, it was pretty great. Pretty great. I enjoyed it. And nice. I guess, like I said, let's wait for like David said, wait till Wednesday and uh, uh, Colin and Josh. And I may join them and talk about it as well. But uh, but if you don't want any spoilers, do not listen to it. You know, it's almost like a movie. You don't want to ruin the story. So if you don't, if you want to play it yourself, don't listen to us talk about it. And be careful on any social media that yes. you subscribe to because people are acting like it was like a movie that came out and everyone saw it and they're just <laughs> posting all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I saw a huge spoiler that I was like, that's not real. And then the game <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. And it was yeah. huge. It was huge. Uh, I don't think I've seen a huge one. I thought I think I maybe saw like a mid tier, but uh, somewhere down in Fuller. What song is that? There's a song that mentions Fullerton, which is which blows me away because Fullerton is literally like two minutes away from me, and the creator of the Fender guitar actually grew up in in uh, Fullerton. So that's that's yeah. something pretty cool. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and one of the San Antonio Spurs went to uh, Cal State. That's Fullerton. right. That's right. Yes. Bruce Bowen. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's crazy. That's how <laughs> I know about Fullerton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But so, yeah. yeah. It, but yeah. Yeah. Avoid avoid TikTok as much as you can because like like he said, people are just are just throwing out stuff and it's like come on. But I will say though, the best thing is the customization of Cal Kestis. Um, I've seen some amazing uh versions of Cal Kestis out there and it's like one of them had him have a mullet with a little mustache and he looked like he yeah it was like can he do a skullet where it's like shaved and then it's long uh you can't do that but you can do them you can do a shaved mohawk though oh wow you can do a mohawk and uh that's one of the best things about this game I can say that the customizations are amazing and his customizations you can do while you're playing all you gotta do is hit pause and you can change his outfit quickly as opposed to like stopping somewhere and having to like, so him, his appearance can change whenever you want. And mm-hmm. I had him and I sent a picture to the group of him in a purple jacket. And I was like, I don't know why this purple shiny jacket is just 
amazing. And so <laughs> he runs around looking like he belongs in like a 1980s science fiction movie. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, it looks like uh, late to the party is going to have a review too. Uh, Robert says Vanessa is grinding <laughs> on Jedi Survivor right now. Wait, that sounds bad. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> so on that note, you can always find us on YouTube. You can watch us. If you're watching us, you might be on YouTube. We're also streaming to Facebook, Twitter. Uh, don't forget to uh, comment, like, subscribe. Help uh, the channel out. Podcast out. Uh, also on Instagram. Colin posts a ton of stuff. A new post just about every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. We're at Twitter. At Stuff Pod. Uh, you can find us on Patreon. Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. Also on TikTok. You can email us uh, at uh, Star Wars Stuff Podcast at Gmail. Um, We've gotten a couple of emails uh, since the last time we talked about that. Uh, Facebook, you can find us uh, on our page and on our group. We post news, info, memes just about every day. Yes. Shout out to uh, Tim Seitz, who's constantly on there posting stuff. Yes. Um, (laughs) Also, uh, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a rating. Five stars would be great. Uh, Apple Podcasts, you can actually write a review. Uh, Tell us what you like about us tell us what you uh want us to talk more about tell us what you uh want us to do more um also uh you can find us on uh, stuffpodcastnetwork.com that's the website we have right now that gives you uh bios and info about us and uh we also have a gaming channel on twitch it's usually not any of us we have uh, people that do play star wars games and talk about star wars stuff colin will join sometimes and that's on Twitch at Star Wars Stuff Gaming. And that is it. Mm. So for James, my name is David. And may the Force be with you. Always. This is the way. <laughs> and this is the May. <laughs> All month. All month long.